Sabbath. Happy New Year. Yes. You know, whenever I come to church here to worship with you, my eye focuses on that window. See the baptistry? It's bright and it's glorious too, isn't it? What, what, what do you see there? What do you see there? A doubt. What does that signify to you? The Spirit of God, isn't it? And I believe the Spirit of God is in our midst. And it's my prayer that during this new year, the Spirit of God will not be just left in this church, but will be with us wherever we go. We don't want to experience what the parents of Jesus experienced, leaving him in the temple. They went away, right? They spent, what, over three days looking for him all over. Where did they find him? Back in the temple, in the church. Maybe not leave God in the church, but pray that he will go with us because he said, I'm with you, what, even unto the end of the world. And, and literally, in the Greek language, it means every day, every day I'm with you. And may that uh, be true in your lives every day of this new year, 2016. I'm grateful for the opportunity to share God's message with you this morning. I'm so privileged to be part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Yes, yes. And this is God's church. Do you believe that? This is God's church. And, and you know what? Some people say, well, there's all kinds of people there. And so I really don't want to go to that church. I remember a story that I heard from my dad when I was really little. He was a preacher too. And my grandfather was a preacher too. You know. And, and um, this man said, I don't want to go to church. And the pastor asked, yeah, brother, we've been missing you in this church for a long time. How come you don't come to church anymore? Oh, pastor, that church, it's full of hypocrites. Hypocrites. They say one thing but do exactly the opposite. And, and they don't do what they say. I don't want to come there. Brother, there is always room for one more. You see? But you see, the, the spirit of prophecy reminds us, though enfeebled, old English word, but still very powerful though enfeebled, defective, and needed to be corrected, the church maybe it is what? The supreme object of God's regard. That is you and me, each one of us. We are supreme object of God's regard. Ooh, could it be why there are more than 18 million Adventists? That's old statistics as of general conference. There must be more now. You know why? Because Every 30 seconds, that is half of snapping of my finger here. Every 30 seconds, about two people 
join the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Who? That's powerful. It's not, it's not man's doing, is it? It's God. And every four hours, one church is established somewhere in the world. Do you believe this is God's church? I do. I believe that this is God's church. And you and I are so privileged to be part of God's church. And, and, and this morning, it is such a joy for me to worship God with you. Thank you, uh, Brother Afif, and others who invited me to share with you God's message, a way out of no way, facing the impossible in 2016. Have you faced the um, impossible? Have you? I've had a few circumstances that way. And I believe God permits such impossible things, impossible predicament in our lives for a particular purpose. And, and like Brother read to us from the Word of God, that, that we didn't have time to read the whole, whole chapter, you know. I wish we could have read the whole chapter, but we go home and read that chapter. And, and God said, I'm going to have the Israelites go around as it were. So it will appear to Pharaoh that these people have no sense of direction. They were going forward. Why did they come back? God does it and he did it in the case of Israelites for a particular purpose. And he reveals that purpose to Moses, doesn't he? He said, so Pharaoh will think, mm, yeah, I can catch them now because they're literally between rock and a hard place. In this case, between Pharaoh and the sea and the mountains all around. I got them. It's a mistake. It's a mistake for me to have released them. I will get them. You heard the story, haven't you? I did from my mother and my father long ago, and I've read this many times. Good story. Uncle Arthur does it in his own masterful way. And, and um, Uncle Dan and Aunt Sue, how many of you listen? Hey, I still do listen. I live there in Berrien Springs where your story hour is located and the current Uncle Arthur used to live on my streets. Uh, Chester Dameron, good friend of mine still. And, and I love the story hour. And, and they do it. Uh, Uncle Dan, the old uh, Mr. Stanley Hill, he, he did it in a masterful way as to how these children of Israel crossed the Red Sea and how God opened the water. Oh, forget Cecil de Mel. Oh, does that name ring a bell? How many of you have watched Ten Commandments? Come on. Yeah. You saw the parting of the water, didn't you? That's nothing. You should have been there when God really did it. <laughs> that was something else. Cecil, Rimmel, you know, he, he created a scene there. It was, I've done a few documentary films in my, in my lifetime. And there are things that you can do to manipulate the camera, believe me. And, and um, 
they created quite a set there to produce Ten Commandments. But God didn't have to put up a set of make-believe. God really did it, didn't he? And he continues to do it in your life and mine. That, that's a message uh, that I'd like to share with you this morning in a brief way. Towards the end of my sermon, Alice Perez, part of our family indeed, um, will present a message in song based on this very message. And, and the message is, in, in one sentence, God made a way where there was no way. We often say, no way, right? No way, it's common. Part of our lingo. No way. Well, God always has a way. In fact, I'll be reading a quote a little later. He has thousands of ways of which we know nothing. And that's what God demonstrated so powerfully through this experience recorded for us in the 14th chapter of Exodus. In the 14th chapter of Exodus. And, and um, I remember when I was uh, in the seminary at Andrews University, I came to this country alone. Didn't, that, that was uh, providential. We, we were asking questions in our Sabbath school class this morning. Providential. You know, God opened the way for me to come to the seminary. Um, I had to leave behind my wife and, and my daughter at that time was hardly one. Back in Madras those days, Chennai in India, didn't have the means to bring them with me. And I came to the seminary. A couple of years later, they joined me. And we lived in a small apartment there in, in the university apartment, Garland apartment. Um, those days, it was known as efficiency apartment. I don't know why they were known as efficiency. It was so inefficient. <laughs> I mean, it was so small. Um, it was all the same room. Uh, in the night, it became bedroom. During the day, it was the living room. But you know what? I thank God we had a roof over our head. And uh, my wife and our daughter, who is here this morning, they came over a couple of years later. I was just about ready to start my doctoral program there at the university. Now you see, I had a difficult time financially because I couldn't work outside the campus. I was on a student visa. You don't know what that is. <laughs> you see? And you can work only 20 hours on campus during the school year, academic year. During the break, one can work like 40 hours. So I work all the hours I can. And my supervisor used to tell me, okay, Panaya, you can work all you want. We'll bank those hours. And he had a way of doing it. And I was grateful to God. Now my wife came and uh, she was uh, pursuing her graduate studies. I, 
don't know how we did it. Minimum wage was what? Dollar um, fifty or so those days. Card, thanks to President Carter, he increased it. <laughs> and and it was difficult. Don't ask me how we managed it. God had opened the way when we believed. Well, when it was really difficult. Now, one day, this was that Friday, you know. We got a special meal for Sabbath. So my wife gave me a grocery list. And I walked to good old Apple Valley Market on the campus. And I, with, the, with, the, with the grocery list, walking slowly, making my way to the grocery store. Now, I picked up a gallon of milk. And I said, well... Should I really buy this? Put it back. Went over to the bakery site. Picked up a loaf of bread. Just as I was picking the loaf of bread, somebody tapped me on my shoulder. And he said, Brother, aren't you from India? I said, yes. My feature betrayed me anyway. <clears throat> and he says, um, how is the work in India? How is the church progressing? It's good. It's been some time since I left home. I, I was a pastor there and uh, conducted uh, and helped out in a few evangelistic series. The work is going on. God is blessing. And he kept talking with me. And here, you know, I put away my wife's grocery list. I made up my own list. Only one item, loaf of bread. And I was making my way to the cash register. Those days in Apple Valley, there was only one cash register. And I went to the register. Um, and this man who was standing beside me, or uh, behind me, kept talking to me. And I put my loaf of bread there in front of the cashier. And, and he said, I'm paying for this man. And I said, no, 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 I got money. Well, you see, I had only one dollar, but I got money. <laughs> Honest truth, right? This is why I wasn't sure if I should buy milk or loaf of bread. I had money, though. I was rich. I had all the money in the world that I can have, one dollar. And this man uh, didn't wait for my response. He paid for it. And I was still rather surprised, shocked. Why would he do that? Why would he do that? And, and even before I could have time for the next thought, I said, well, I didn't thank him. Looked around, he wasn't there. He was gone. I stood by the door those days, there was only one door in and out. So I stood there, hoping that he would come by. He has to come out, right? What goes in has to come out. No sign. I went back to the ca cashier and said, you remember that man who paid for me? Yeah, there was something strange about him. I've never seen him. He was a good-looking, handsome man, tall. Never seen him here. I've been working here 
for some time. I went around the market. It was quite crowded Friday. All the Adventists go to market on Friday, I guess. Quite crowded. Came, came out. And I went home, you know, overwhelmed that somebody would do something for me. Went home, and I told the story to my wife as I handed her a loaf of bread. And she said, but there was a list, grocery list. Did you forget that? I'm known to be forgetful, and more so now. <laughs> Sometimes my wife thinks my gray matter has come down to my chin. Well, <clears throat> what, do you, what do you do? And when you have one dollar, right? And then I was reminded, you know, this man pushed something into my pocket, my shirt pocket. I pulled out a hundred dollar bill, one hundred dollar bill. I'll tell you the truth, I had never handled a one hundred dollar bill before that. I was fresh up the boat. And, and uh, didn't have much money. And you see, I said, Lord, one dollar is all I have. That's what I'm going to spend. Doesn't matter what my wife gave me for a, for a grocery list. I didn't think there was any way out that day. But the Lord knew my need. And he made a way out for me. He didn't give me $1,000. I would have been buying this gadget and that gadget. We didn't have iPad those days. But he gave me $100. And my wife says, go back and buy what I wrote on the grocery list. Never forgotten that. God made a way. God always makes a way where there is no way. And, you know, I, I'm not going to take time to read, but uh, sometimes look at uh, the Message Bible. Um, the same passage, Exodus 14. Oh, my. It's powerful. Powerful. But you see, the end of the story, as far as Israelites were concerned, was this, that God opened the waters. Have you ever read a story like that anywhere? You see, you have never read that story anywhere else because only God can do that. Only God can open the waters. Only God can part the waters. And this is why we don't read that anywhere else. God alone has the power to do it. And he alone can open the way. During this new year, you probably think, well, I have so many impossible situations. Perhaps perhaps uh, you have some terminal illness. I don't know. Or, or it may be a financial predicament. I don't know about you, but for me, there is more month at the end of the money. Yeah, there is more month at the end of the money. 
12. One thing I know. My father is rich. How did the songwriter put it? My father is rich in houses and lands. And the psalmist did it better. He owns what? The cattle on a thousand hills. Not one hill, and th- but thousand hills. He owns the whole wild whole wide world. Well, the wild too, you know. <laughs> this world is becoming wild too. But then he alone can open the way for us. He alone can do that for us. You know, as we um, continue to meditate, this, this passage of scriptures gives us four points that I want you to take home with you today. Four many messages. Go forward in faith. Do not be afraid. Stand firm for him. And this year, as you move forward in faith, you will definitely see how the Lord works. You will definitely see how the Lord works in a powerful way in your life and in mine. Do not be afraid. You know, Many uh, times in life, we tend to be afraid of even little things. Some people are disturbed even about little things. And the Lord is saying through this story, nothing is too hard for, for me. Just, just, just be quiet. I like the way the... Uh, complete Jewish Bible renders it Exodus 13 I mean 14 chapter 13 and 14 Moshe Moses answered the people stop being fearful remain steady and you will see how Adonai is going to save you he will do it today not tomorrow but today today You have seen the Egyptians, those Egyptians pursuing you, but you will never see them again. Adonai will do the battle for you. Just calm yourselves. Just calm yourselves. Isn't that good? When the Lord is your God during 2016, your heart will be at peace. At peace. He has promised that. What did Jesus say? My peace I leave with you. What more do you want? I like the way our Jewish friends wish themselves. Shalom. What does that mean? The peace of God. Shalom. And that's what I wish for you during 2016. Shalom. The peace of God be with us. And and, and there is Nothing better I need in this world. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Go with God. Go with God. You remember um, one of the great presidents of the United States, Franklin D. Roosevelt, 
FDR. He initiated a lot of things in this country as president that, that has been a blessing to this day. And, and during his uh, inaugural address, he said something that, that uh, really stuck with Americans. And, and uh, I've heard many speakers and preachers repeat to this day. He said, only one thing, that is, we have to fear. That is fear itself. Only one thing. Fear itself. So as we, as we go through 2016, God's message from Exodus 14 is, don't fear. Be calm. Remember the peace I have left, Jesus says. That's with you, always. Do not be fearful for anything. I'm with you, even unto the end of the world. You see, when you fear, fear gives you a distorted view of your past, a, a very skewed perception of your present, and and very unrealistic picture of your future. You know, it, it gives you an unrealistic picture of the future, puts you out of balance with yourself. And it is only God who can put you in the right place. Follow him. That's the message for us. Follow him. Stay close to him. I like the way um, our uh, editor-in-chief of Review and Herald put it. In fact, it came online yesterday as I was uh, reading the grace note from our editor-in-chief of Adventist Review. L let me read that for you. Fear persuades us to look downward and back to find in our muddiness and brokenness a cause to dread the future. But God, he quotes from 2 Timothy 1.7, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. And so during this new year, my fellow believers, let us not uh, give room to fear. Let's not give room to uh, fear even for a second because God has promised great things for us. I'm sorry, I, I did press the wrong button. I guess something is happening here. I had it upside down. It's not working. <clears throat> we'll get back in the right balance here. So, so the message is don't fear, but stand firm. Stand firm. That, that's what um, Moses said to his people, isn't it? Verse 13, Moses answered to the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, then you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring. Do not fear, stand firm. How do you stand calm? Um, how, do you, how do you stand calmly when things are going all around you? I remember <laughs> um, 
traveling with my good friend, Pastor Dwight Nelson. He's my pastor. When I was, I went back to India after I graduated from Andrews and ministerial secretary for the Southern Asia Division, invited Pastor Nelson to conduct a mini uh, prayer in different medical institutions around uh, India where our Adventist boys and girls were attending and also Spicer Memorial College, my alma mater. And um, we were flying from um, Chennai down south all the way to New Delhi uh, up north. And, and um, one thing I do in the airplane is I catch up with my sleep. Doesn't matter what kind of aircraft. See, I was privileged to be one of the founders of Adventist World Aviation. We used to fly this uh, small aircraft. Um, and, and two-seaters and four-seaters. I can peacefully sleep. I don't know why and how. And I, the, this was a huge jet. Um, Pastor Nelson was sitting behind me. I'm always, uh, I always chose the window seat. Fast asleep. And all of a sudden, Pastor Nelson woke me up and said, Melchizedek, how can you sleep? There's a storm, electric storm. How can you peacefully sleep? I said, well, Pastor Nelson, if you die, we die only once. Go back. <laughs> Let me sleep. <laughs> Let me sleep. <laughs> and he has used this as illustration in his sermon. You see, it doesn't matter where we are. As long as God is with us, as long as God is with us, we can stand undisturbed we can maintain our equilibrium, right? Stand firm. We can certainly have meaning in our lives when God is with us. You see, um, it's interesting. The Hebrew word for standing firm is ira, which um, really means to present oneself. Stand firm, present oneself. In this case, uh, presenting oneself before the Lord and standing firm. Does that uh, make it more meaningful to you? It's not just standing firm, but standing with the Lord. You remember that good prophet, he asked a question, Who is with the Lord? Come forth, stand with me. People stood for the Lord. Remember that? On Mount Carmel? And It'll be the same thing in 2016. There'll be opportunities. And God will permit circumstances in your life where you'll be asked to stand for God. Come what may. Where would you be? And such, may I say, opportunities and privileges are increasing in frequency these days. There are a lot of people who don't know about God's people. Perhaps standing, you standing firm for God will give opportunity for others to know about God's remnant people. Too bad Trump doesn't know much about Adventist church. He confessed it to the media. Remember that? I don't know about Carson's church. 
well, whether Carson, Carson should be involved in politics or not, it's another question. I'm not going to discuss that here. That's for another forum. <laughs> but Trump doesn't know about Adventist church. How many of your neighbors know that you're an Adventist? No, I'm not asking you to raise hands. How many of your fellow workers, your colleagues, know that you're Adventist? Ah, somber question, isn't it? And how many of you memorized Matthew 28, the last few verses? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's what our church believes. <laughs> and that's what we give our mission offering to, to empower pastors and lay people and others to preach the gospel around the world. Yet, do I know my neighbor? Do I know my colleague? And do they know that I stand with God and I stand for God? In 2016... Standing for God should mean just that. I, I remember reading about Martin Luther, the great reformer. He, he said uh, when he was challenged by the diet of worms, Martin Luther, you're wrong. We are all learned people. We are great scholars. In fact, we are your professors. And Martin Luther, what? Guess what? You must believe what the church teaches and you must teach what the church teaches. And we are the sole interpreters and commentary of the word of God. Don't you go on, a, on, an, on your own tangent. No, Martin Luther. What did he say? I abide by the word of God. And then he said, here I stand I can do no other. God help me. What a commitment. Can we stand for God when we are challenged? <laughs> the Israelites were challenged definitely by the army of Pharaoh. Re read about what all he did to prepare for war. He harnessed the whole armed forces. These were people who were unarmed. They were slaves. They didn't even know how to fight. Wasn't that an overkill on Pharaoh's part? 600 chariot, come on. 600 chariot? Yeah. He went there with a purpose to kill and annihilate every one of them and bring back a few to be slaves again. But God had another plan. God had another plan. You see? And, and, and that I like the way the Living Bible puts it. Don't be afraid. Just stand where you are and watch what you will see. The wonderful way the Lord will rescue you today. And the Lord will fight for you. You won't have to do a thing. You will see the deliverance of the Lord. You know, the, the, when the Lord fights for you, you don't have to do a thing. Just stand and watch. I remember reading about the Waldenses. There was a big uh, um, army, the French army, 
wanted to capture them and kill all of them. You know about the Waldenses. They were the early Christians there in the um, Alpine Mountains. And these Waldenses had always wanted to serve God. And they lived by the Bible. I know the French army thought they've, they've, they've caught them. They've caught them and they've cornered them. But uh, little did they know that God was with the Waldenses and these people, these people, although were surrounded all around was all by, by, by the uh, army of the French people. God made a way out for them. God fought the battle for them that night by sending a cloud cover so they couldn't be seen and they escaped that day because of the cloud cover and the storm that God sent. Um, when you go home, read the spirit of prophecy, uh, patriarchs and prophets, prophets and kings, story of how God delivered the Israel. And there is a message for each one of us there. And uh, try to read this passage, the 14th chapter of Exodus, in different verse, uh, versions. And, and you will certainly find it a blessing. In uh, one of the books, Councils on Stewardship, Mrs. White says, when the prayers of his servants ascend to him in earnest faith, he opens the way before them and brings them out into a large place. Isn't that true? When we serve God, he certainly, and when we seek God, he will certainly open the way and bring us into a large place so we'll not be between rock and a hard place. The Israelites didn't expect to have a way. They thought there was no way. We are in for trouble. Pharaoh's army behind them. The ocean front of them. Mountains all around them. But God did the impossible for them, didn't he? That was not the only time. Hasn't he done the impossible in your life? Has he? He has in my life. Not only that uh, Battle Creek, um, uh, Apple Valley experience, but as we read about God's people in Battle Creek, you find time and again stories of how God came through. God came through. I I'm going to invite uh, Alice to come and sing for us. Um, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. And... Um, God has in the past opened the way for you. If, he, if you have experienced God's providence in your life, would you like to say a word or two for God this morning? And perhaps make a commitment to stand by him during 2016 so God can open more ways for you that the world may see that you truly belong to him. By the word of the Lord, he brought forth this whole world from nothing. He made you and me his 
anything too hard for the Lord. I'm thankful that the Lord has taken care of me and my family during the 2015, the year gone by into eternity. It won't be too long before God says, it is finished. And you will see the Lord coming in the clouds of the sky. The signs are fast fulfilling. May the Lord bless you as you go through this year.